reading comes from the book of Ecclesiastes, chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. Remember your creator in the days of, our, of your youth, before the days of trouble come and the years approach when you will say, I find no pleasure in them, before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain, when the keeper of the house tremble and the strong man stoop, when the grinders cease before they are, f they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim, when the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades, when people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint, when people are afraid of heights and of dangers in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along, and desire no longer is stirred. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. Remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. And the dust returns to the ground it came from and the spirit returns to God who gave it. Meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher. Everything is meaningless. This is the word of the Lord. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for our time together uh, in worship uh, through song and, and now focusing on the scriptures. I pray that you would open our hearts and minds to it, open our hearts and minds to you. Would you speak? In Jesus' name, amen. Now, today I am continuing to reflect on what I've been learning uh, as part of the Gordon Conwell Akinge Fellows uh, program. So there's been these retreats that I've gone to, and each one is focused on a different thing. The first one was ministry in New England. The second one was faith and work and business. And the third one was science, health care, and technology. And so I'm really focusing on the healthcare aspect. I might preach a sermon on technology at some point. Uh, but today I want to focus on aging. I already preached a sermon on death and dying. Uh, it was, uh, we posted it on the website. I encourage you to check that out. Uh, but today I really want to talk about growing old uh, and present what I, uh, I can to you from the scriptures, from our passage today. I also want to share um, what others have to say and then a few personal st uh, stories as well. And uh, I think it's kind of dangerous when you're young to preach on aging, right? Uh, to preach on growing old. But I'm going to try to do the best I can in the most respectful way possible. But please let me know uh, if it doesn't go well. Uh, all right. What counts as growing old? What counts as elderly? Now, uh, I read a little bit uh, that people obviously don't like to be called old, right? So it's like, what phrases do we use to refer to the elderly? So uh, uh, there was a report that uh, elderly people prefer either elderly or older adults, I guess, is in fashion right now, or there's this kind of uh, uh, groundbreaking concept of just referring to people by their name. Uh, you can also do that. Um, but what does count as an older adult, and I, and I set this number with fear and trembling, uh, but I'm going to say anything over 70, all right? So I'm going to say if you're over 70, you are in that elderly category. Now, uh, I'm, I'm doing this actually based on the scriptures. Now, the scriptures doesn't say this verse says 
you're elderly if you're past this age. Uh, but Psalm 90 verse 10 does say that we get 70 years, or if due to strength, 80 years. And so that's kind of where the scripture says, you know, you start to enter into those elder years. And so I, I say this loosely, but I think that's a, kind of a, a good starting point for this message. Now, today I'm not actually addressing those that are elderly or an older adult. I actually want to address anyone who considers themselves to be younger, like in your youth. I actually uh, preached this message at Bradford Christian Academy this week at their chapel, so to high school students, and I actually think that's the great audience for this message. I think if you're 20s, 30s, if you consider yourself young at heart, I'll say this message is also for you. I think we can all, we can all learn something from uh, not necessarily from me, but from the, the scriptures, uh, from our passage tonight. And so uh, let's look at our passage, since it can help us understand aging and how to age well. Ecclesiastes chapter 12, verse 1 says this. It says, remember your creator in the days of your youth. All right, so it's addressing the youth. Before the days of trouble come and the years approach, when you will say, I find no pleasure in them. So the book of Ecclesiastes is addressing us in our kind of youthful years. The author, King Solomon, he wrote this book to be a book of wisdom, but it's kind of wisdom from a cynical perspective. Not all wisdom is happy wisdom. Sometimes wisdom comes from a place of hardship and, and going through negative experiences. And so this book kind of uh, understands that and embraces that and shares some wisdom. And he's challenging those of us that are young, those of us that are in our youth, and I'm, I'm putting myself in this category, uh, to really seek the Lord, to remember the Lord, to remember your creator. And I think this is such an important thing to understand, to know, because if you can get this concept when you're 15, well, you got 55 years of walking with the Lord. You have 55 years of, of heading where Ecclesiastes calls us to go, to, to walk through all of not life, not just your youth, not just your middle age, not just your end years, but all of life with your creator, with the Lord. Now today I want to talk about three things. First, what it's like to grow old. Now, Clearly, I'm, I'm doing this, uh, I'm going to say what the scriptures say and also share another passage, uh, but kind of biologically, mentally, emotionally. Uh, number two, uh, how we, especially we the youth, so if you're a youth, listen up, how we should treat the elderly. Should we treat them with respect? Should we ignore them? And number three, how we should live today knowing that one day, Lord willing, we will grow old. So how do we live differently, knowing that we're hopefully one day going to arrive at that stage as well? So first, what's it like to grow old? Well, I love this passage in Ecclesiastes because he just kind of describes what it's like. Verse 2, uh, Solomon starts to use this extended metaphor. 
Now, a metaphor is a figure of speech. It's, it's kind of painting word pictures, but non-literal word pictures, kind of using symbolism uh, to describe what the body experiences as it ages. So this is like a fascinating passage. We're going to go through verse 8, but I'm going to start at verse 2. It says, Before the sun and the light and the moon and the stars grow dark and the clouds return after the rain. Now, is this talking about, like, weather, bad weather, no, he's actually describing a loss of sight. The, the, the moon and the stars, they're growing dark. The sun and the light, they're dimming. And this is one of the, the side effects of age, a loss of sight. Now, maybe you may have heard of this or actually have begun to experience it personally, but one of the, the uh, side effects of aging can be uh, getting things like cataracts. Cataracts cloud your vision. According to the National Eye Institute, most cataracts are related to aging. Cataracts are very common in older people. By age 80, more than half of all Americans either have a cataract or have had cataract surgery. I didn't know that. That's pretty startling. And so that's, that's part of the process. Verse 3, when the keepers of the house tremble and the strong men stoop, when the grinders cease because they are few, and those looking through the windows grow dim. So as you get older, maybe you have witnessed it, seen it in a parent, or you've begun to experience it yourself, or maybe you will one day experience it. You can begin to develop tremors, right? You tremble. Your hands begin to shake. Your, your back begins to hunch over. The strong men, they stoop. How about your grinders? What could that possibly be talking about? Any guesses? I see, I see some smiles, some chomping, right? It's talking about teeth, right? As you grow older, your gums begin to recede, uh, and, and uh, it kind of makes your teeth look a little bit narrower, and then your teeth can even fall out. Did you know that by the age of 60, people in an industrialized country like the United States have lost an average of a third of their teeth. So by age 60, lost a third. And maybe some of you were shaking your heads like, no, I haven't lost a third of my teeth. That's great. But on average, a third of your teeth. And after 85, almost 40% have no teeth at all. Whew, I want my teeth when I'm 85. But this is part of the consequence of just growing old. Verse 4. When the doors to the street are closed and the sound of grinding fades. When people rise up at the sound of birds, but all their songs grow faint. I think the first half of this verse is actually talking about loss of hearing. As sound fades, as the door to the streets are closed and the sound of grinding fades. Uh, in college, I lived with an older couple, uh, Ernest and Evelyn, uh, and I think they were in their late 70s, 80s at the time, and Ernest always had to wear a hearing aid uh, because he had a lot of trouble hearing. I think that's pretty typical for many of us. And you, can, you can even develop a loss of hearing at a younger age, uh, but it's especially common among older adults. Uh, and uh, then the second half of the verse, when people rise up at the sound of birds, any guesses on what that's talking about? I think it's talking about sleep, and that you begin to sleep less. 
Go, you go to bed later and you get up earlier when the birds are chirping. It's pretty typical for an elderly, elderly person to uh, get up much earlier than a, like a teenager, someone in their youth, and also sometimes go to bed later. Verse 5, let's continue to work through this. When people are afraid of heights, uh, maybe that's talking about just being afraid of heights in general. I think that's, that's true of me, and I am not uh, an older adult. Uh, but I also think that can just be like fear of falling over. In danger in the streets, when the almond tree blossoms. Now, I think the almond tree blossoming, uh, so when the almond tree blossoms, the, 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 the petals, they turn white. So I think that's talking about just the whitening of hair. Apparently, they can also turn pink, and I know there are some uh, people that like to dye their hair pink when they get a little bit older. That's not a reference to you, uh, Amanda. <laughs> when the almond tree blossoms and the grasshopper drags itself along, I think that maybe means trouble walking, and desire no longer is stirred. I think that talks about a lack of sexual desire. Then people go to their eternal home and mourners go about the streets. It's talking about death and dying. I don't know if you've ever heard someone who is older say, like, all of my friends are dying. <laughs> the people I have known and loved for a long time, like, they're getting fewer and fewer and fewer. And you can see that there is this, like, biological uh, physiological strain that comes along with age, but there's also an emotional and mental strain because all those things take a toll, especially when the people that you love begin to pass away. And I think we see that in verses 6 and 7. Remember him, so it's talking about remember God, remember him before the silver cord is severed and the golden bowl is broken, before the pitcher is shattered at the spring and the wheel broken at the well. So this is very metaphorical. This one's harder to understand, but I think it's talking about this discouragement, this brokenness that's taking over all of life. Verse 7, And the dust returns to the ground it came from, and the Spirit returns to God who gave it. Verse 7 is talking about death. From dust we came, and to dust we will return. So how might we feel about all of this? Solomon asks, and I think he's asking in a way to imply for those that, that choose not to live uh, a life of honoring their creator. He says, verse 8, meaningless, meaningless, says the teacher, everything is meaningless. Although I'm not there yet, I think the sense we get uh, from watching those age and from the scriptures is that, like, what's it like to grow old? It's not easy. <laughs> it's hard. It's challenging. And so, we should have empathy and kindness towards those that are going through it. We should show compassion and care. As part of this Akinge program, I read a book called Being Mortal by Atul Gawande. Uh, his parents are from India. He's a surgeon in Boston. Uh, he teaches at Harvard. He's very accomplished. He is not a Christian, uh, but he, he just had a lot of good perspectives on growing old and aging. And I just want to read you a paragraph. He describes what happens to our bodies as we age uh, in the later years. He says, Even as our bones and teeth soften, the rest of our body hardens. 
Blood vessels, joints, the muscle and valves of the heart, and even the lungs pick up substantial deposits of calcium and turn stiff. Under a microscope, the vessels and soft tissue display the same form of calcium that you find in bone. When you reach inside an elderly patient during surgery, the aorta and other major vessels can feel crunchy under your fingers. Research has found that the loss of bone density may be an even better predictor of death from atherosclerotic disease. Did I say that right? No. How's it, how's it go? Oh. <laughs> atherosclerotic. Okay. Disease. Uh, we had a check over here with the other doctor. Uh, uh, then Cholesterol. As we age, it's as if the calcium seeps out of our skeleton and into our tissues. To maintain the same volume of blood flow through our narrowed and stiffened blood vessels, the heart has to generate increased pressure. As a result, more than half of us develop hypertension by the age of 65. The heart becomes thicker walled from having to pump against the pressure and less able to respond to the demands of exertion. The peak output of the heart therefore decreases steadily from the age of 30. People become gradually less able to run as far or as fast as they used to or to climb a flight of stairs without becoming short of breath. As the heart muscle thickens, muscle elsewhere thins. Around age 40, one begins to lose muscle mass and power. By age 80, one has lost between a quarter and a half of one's muscle weight. Whew. So what's it like to grow old? It's not easy. It's challenging biologically, mentally, spiritually. And so the next question I want to ask, and this, remember this is a challenge to us, the youth, and I hope that you're listening, uh, is to uh, treat the elderly with respect. Should we ignore them? No. <laughs> I think they have a lot to offer, and so we should treat them with honor and respect. The fifth commandment, does anyone know the fifth commandment, what that talks about? Yeah, I think I heard it. Honor your father and your mother, Exodus twenty twelve. Honor your father and your mother so that you may live long in the land the Lord your God is giving you. Honor your father and mother. Maybe one day you'll reach their age. The book of Proverbs Another book full of God's wisdom for everyday life, but it's a little bit happier than the book of Ecclesiastes. It says there's something really special about the elderly. So there's kind of this almost glory about them. Proverbs 16.31, gray hair is a crown of splendor. Gray hair is a crown of splendor. It is attained in the way of righteousness. And this doesn't mean that if you have gray hair that you've lived a good life. But I think it may be a sign of having lived a life of honoring God. It can be a sign of wisdom and obedience to God. Another book full of wisdom is the book of Job. Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Job are kind of the wisdom books. But his wisdom is also kind of born out of trial and perseverance and endurance. And he says this in Job 12, verse 12. He says, Is not wisdom found among the aged? Does not long life bring understanding? See, Job is saying something obvious. He's saying, those people that have lived a long time have seen a lot of stuff. And Lord willing, they have a lot of wisdom. They have a lot of guidance and a lot of input. And maybe their experience isn't the same as ours, especially if you're a teenager. Like, maybe they don't have the same smartphone or smart technology that you have. But they've walked through the same stages of life. It might look a little bit different. 
But that doesn't mean there's not a, just a great wealth of, of understanding and knowledge there. And the, the Bible just calls us over and over again to respect and honor and, and to listen. I think there's no better way to show respect than to just listen. And one thing that I love about older adults is that they love to tell stories. And so challenge yourself to, to form a relationship with someone who is elderly and listen to their stories and share your own as well and ask them for input. Doesn't mean that you have to accept it and, and take it, but at least you have, you have listened and you have heard it. And this also means just caring about what the elderly can offer us. So in my hometown, I like guess not my hometown anymore, the town I grew up in, Estes Park, Colorado, uh, there are three elderly women that I know and love and care about. Their names are Barb, Mary, and Grandma Joyce. She's not my uh, biological grandma, but she insists that I call her that, and so I do. Uh, they are in uh, 70s, 80s, and 90s. Um, Mary, I think, has cataracts, lost a lot of her sight, um, and other signs of aging among them. Uh, but they still uh, pray for me. Like when I was in, uh, when I was kind of in the early years of college, I thought about joining the military, and I asked them to actually pray for me as I considered that. And they did. And I actually didn't end up joining the military. So I don't know exactly how they were praying, but I, I value that they were praying. And they've continued to pray for me over and through the years. And so I continue to share prayer requests with them. Uh, that's a way that I can be in relationship with them all these years, even from far away. I also like to go to my parents for wisdom, to keep in contact with them. I know maybe some of us are like, ah, my parents, they don't know anything about me. Yes, they're actually, they know you really well. <laughs> They've known you for a long time, and they have a lot of uh, wisdom that they can offer to you. Uh, I think these are some of the ways that we can honor those that are elderly, and, and we can even help kind of bring honor to aging, bring respect to it by celebrating it. I know in our culture, we oftentimes kind of joke about aging, and it's like it's this bad thing, like we, for some reason, don't age past the age of like 29, and we just perpetually stay at that age. But I think there's an implication in that that we're saying age is a bad thing, and it's not. And so I want to challenge each one of us to own our age. I am 31, uh, and I'm going to grow older year by year, Lord willing. And I want to accept those years as they come and celebrate them. And, and when I walk with other people who are older than me and they're celebrating, I, I want to be there and be present with them. Now I want us to think about Individually, how can you personally be in relationship with someone who is older, an older adult, an elderly person? Uh, when I, so I lived with Ernest and Evelyn in college, and when I lived with them, kind of the deal was I would mow the lawn, I would vacuum the carpet, not the other way around. Uh, I, I spent some time just kind of doing things that they needed done, uh, but then I also uh, did some kind of extra where I try to sit and eat dinner with them and talk with them and, and watch like Jeopardy with them. And it was, uh, it was a good time and we got to know each other. And then I got to walk with them through kind of some hardships in life. Evelyn passed away uh, from dementia. Uh, but it was, it was a time where I was able to kind of be with Ernest and kind of go through that stage of life with him, be in relationship with him. In seminary, I also lived with another elderly woman. There's like this pattern that I found that like, oh, there's a way to save money and I can be a blessing to them and they're blessing me. 
Um, but I don't know if I always did as good a job. So I also mowed her lawn and did all those things. But she had this um, kind of thing where she didn't want scents in the house, right? So you couldn't wear scented deodorant or scented shampoo. And I didn't take that very seriously. I kind of did what I wanted. And uh, she had her doctor write me a letter to say, stop doing that. You need to respect her. And see, sometimes we mess up, right? It's kind of the hazard of being in a relationship is that you might blow it, but it's worth trying. And then you adjust course and you try again. I actually did the funeral for her cat. Uh, it was the first funeral I've ever done. Uh, but, uh, you know, we were still in relationship. And I can still call her and say hello. And so let this be a challenge to us to be in relationship with those that are older than us. And if you are an older adult, if you're considering yourself elderly, uh, there's also a challenge for you to make yourself available to invite younger people to be in relationship with you. Invite them out for coffee or tea because sometimes young people like, just forget to take initiative, right? And so invite them. Say, let's go, let's go talk. And, and you can listen to them. And that's a way that you can show them honor and respect as well. So these are some individual ways, but how might God be calling us corporately, right? We talked about church membership. There's this implication that we do things together as well. How might God be calling us to love the elderly as a church? I think, uh, I think it's fair to say that uh, as we've been kind of strategizing and thinking about how to do church, we've focused more on families and people with children and youth. And I think it's time for us to say, all people are made in God's image. They're all equally valuable. And if we've ever said this, this type of person is more valuable than this type of person, then we need to repent of that. We need to say, Lord, I'm sorry. We're sorry as a church. We just want to love your people, the people that you bring into contact with us, whether they're old, whether they're young, uh, whoever they are, wherever they're from, every person is valuable and worthwhile. Everyone's made in the image of God. And so I think God actually is doing something among kind of the elderly through Cornerstone. I, I'm still kind of waiting for it to, to kind of come to fruition, but I see God, I can see little signs of God doing things. After I took this retreat and, and talked about it, I went and did that interview with the housing authority, and out of that we started this Rides for Residents program, trying to just get people to church. We haven't seen anyone come to church yet, but we're, we're putting it out there. We're offering rides for the people in the housing authority, the elderly residents there to come to church, and our, our outreach team is going to meet and talk about further ways that we can get to know them. Uh, and right after we kind of started, uh, well, after I did the interview and right about the same time that we started the Rides for Residents uh, program, Monica's old boss before Bradford Christian Academy called her. She does this uh, intergenerational program. So Monica used to work with this intergenerational program called Bridges Together, uh, which does these like classes and it links older adults and teenagers and youth. And she called Monica kind of out of the blue and said, hey, would you be interested in applying for a grant to run this program? Uh, and so kind of asking Monica to, to do the paperwork to then receive money to do this program linking older adults and younger youth. And it's not exactly a Christian program, but if we were to kind of dream a little bit and get some of our older adults and some of our teenagers involved, just rubbing shoulders, that might be a way that God continues to, to work and to reach out to places like the Housing Authority or the Cameron Senior Center here in Westford. 
Maybe we could run Christianity Explored at the Housing Authority or at the Cameron Senior Center, get it out of our walls and get it out into our community and try to meet those older residents. There are so many opportunities, and I know that God's doing other things there as well. And I want to be a part of what he is doing in our town, wherever that is. And sometimes our eyes need to open to kind of what God is doing. He might not be doing it in the place we expect at first. But we are called to to follow wherever he leads. One of the ways that we can begin to do that is by respecting and valuing older adults and the elderly. So how should we treat the elderly? With respect, care, and by being in relationship with them. And finally, number three, how should we live today knowing that one day, Lord willing, we'll grow old? I want to go back to verse 1 and just meditate on it for a moment. Verse 1, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. You're going to grow old. All these things are going to happen. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. See, God invites us to walk in relationship first with him through every part of our life. Through our, our, our teen years, our middle age, our older years. He just wants us to walk with him, to remember him, to, to live life according to his plans. I don't think this is just a call that if you don't know Christ and you're an older adult, I don't think this means oh, it's too late for you. I think this means it's the perfect time for you. You too can remember your creator. Come and be in relationship with him. Because growing old is difficult, it's not our fault. It actually stems all the way back to the fall. That Adam and Eve, they sinned and they disobeyed God and all of creation was brought under a curse. And that curse isn't just like this, this uh, kind of intangible, abstract sin. Like sin has a real impact on our bodies and on creation and on and our, our, how we think about things and how we feel about things and how we grow old. And the good news is that God wasn't content to to leave us dying of old age. He wasn't content to do that at all. He had a problem to address. He had a a solution to address the problem of of death because of old age. And And it involved sending his son as a baby and this, this child uh, grew older, and he grew in stature and wisdom. His name was Jesus. And he lived a, a life of obedience to God in every stage, except he did not grow old. He sacrificed his old age so that you don't have to receive the eternal consequences of death. So that you can, in one sense, be saved from dying from growing old so that you can be in relationship with God forever. That's what Christ Jesus did on the cross. He conquered sin and death so that any who repent of their sins and say, I'm sorry, I believe in you, Christ Jesus, and I want to live a life following you and trusting you and knowing you, that if we do that, death will not have the last word. So how should we live knowing today that one, well, how should we live today knowing that one day, Lord willing, we'll grow old? We should have a relationship with Christ Jesus because he has conquered death and freely offers eternal life. When I was in college, my roommate died. (laughs) Evelyn passed. She died from dementia. And I think as I reflect on her life, 
I think she, she lived a good life because she knew Christ Jesus. Yes, old age killed her, but old age did not have the last word. Christ Jesus has the last word. And the good news is that death is not the end. One day she will rise again from the grave. Like we really believe in the resurrection. Like that's what Christianity is just kind of founded on, that Jesus came back from the dead. If you die young, old, whenever you die, if you know Christ Jesus, death is not the end. Ernest died just a couple months ago. I, I posted uh, his eulogy on our website. I was able to write it. I wasn't able to go to the funeral, but the grandson read it. And I am looking forward when I die or when Christ returns to just going and being in relationship once again with them. <laughs> that we will kind of perpetually grow old together. And there will be no more uh, kind of consequences from the fall. <laughs> there will be no calcium veins. There will be no cataracts. All those things will be gone. The stooping will be gone. The, the teeth will be back. You'll be, have the best body you've ever had. And you'll enjoy each other forever. And you'll also enjoy your king. You'll enjoy Jesus Christ forever. And so I hope that you will make that decision to follow Christ and so that we can grow old together. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for what you have done through Christ. You have defeated the consequences of sin. You've defeated death. And although we still kind of live under temporary consequences, they're not permanent. One day you're going to redeem all things, even the, the downsides of growing old. Thank you for our elderly, Lord. Thank you for our elderly in this community. Thank you for our elderly in this church. Thank you for the wisdom that they can offer and bring. Give us listening ears and help us to be in relationship with each other. It's in Jesus' name I pray, amen.